0: to the old time radio westerns i'm your host andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode this episode is going to be the lone ranger original air dates may 3rd 1946 and the title is the crimson prophet this is part one of two and let's get into it
2: with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere
3: 18 plus a fiery horse with the speed of light a cloud of dust and a hearty hi O, silver the lone ranger Border City was represented by a few stores, a cafe, and a two story hotel. A tall man and an Indian reined up and dismounted at the hitch over. rail Wolf's in front out. of the hotel. Wait right there, Tullow. Uh-huh. The hotel was run down, badly in need of repair. The porch was without the customary row of chairs to accommodate visitors and townspeople. The tall man entered a dingy hall and crossed a threadbare carpet to the hotel desk. A slender girl whose eyes wore a nervous and almost haunted expression nodded without smiling. Yes? I'd like a room with two beds.
2: I think all the rooms are taken.
3: I, uh, I was told to ask for
1: number seven. Oh.
2: Who told you to ask for seven?
1: The girl who wrote a letter to the Padre. Her name is Nita Deming.
2: You must have proof that the letter reached the Padre. That you came from him. I must know the letter didn't fall into wrong hands.
1: Would a bullet be proof enough? A silver bullet?
2: Then you are the one. Thank goodness... But I thought... I expected a...
1: A mask man? Yes. I'm wearing a disguise that's as effective as a mask.
2: I'm Nita Deming. I... I can't talk now. Uncle Jason is watching.
1: You're afraid of him?
4: Desperately. He's coming over. Yeah, we're full up, stranger. No room, Mr. Rand. Uncle Jason, I'll I just... I'll take charge, Nita. You go see about my supper.
1: I'm getting hungry.
2: But number seven is vacant. I just told Mr... Mr. Smith, that he might have
1: You what? (laughs) You should keep informed on your vacancies. A mistake like that might prove inconvenient. What do you mean? Well, the owner of the hotel in Red Bluff was absent-minded. Government agents became curious when he had vacant rooms that he refused to rent to strangers. They thought he was running a hideout for thieves or smugglers. You see here, (laughs) I... Oh, don't misunderstand me. The man at Red Bluff was perfectly honest... But he had an unpleasant few days while he was being investigated. Hmm.
2: Uncle Jason didn't know that Seven was vacant.
1: You
4: go get my supper.
2: Yes, Uncle Jason.
1: Shall I pay for the room in advance? Yeah. My friend will be with me.
4: Ten dollars, including stabling for your horses. I don't serve meals you can eat next door at the cafe. Sign right there in the book. Sure. I didn't know number Seven was vacant. Can't keep track of everything around the place like this.
1: So much to do from one minute to the next. That girl needed a lot of courage to speak up as she did, Tonto. Isn't that right? Jason didn't want us here, and she knew it. Jason looked like plenty bad feller. He's a bad man to defy. Ah. He didn't want us to suspect anything. That's the only reason he let us have this room. What do you think going on in this hotel? I don't know, Tonto. Girl not saying letter to Padre? Well, I didn't see the letter. The Padre told me we'd learn everything when we got here. Oh. Nita will probably get in touch with us as soon as she can. I think we should... What that? i like a tap on the window. There. Another. Let's take a look. Dark outside. <laughs> Can't see anyone. Plenty strange. Someone might be tossing pebbles. Stand to one side, Dotto. Get out of a direct line. I'll open the window. See anyone? No, I just a minute. Here we are. What that? String dropped from above with a cartridge tied to the end. This is the cartridge I gave Nita. Oh. Uh, she swing that against window. Might be a note here. Hold the string while we'll I untie this paper. Maybe a girl in Winter right about. Probably. This may answer a few questions. What notes say? She wants to know if I can climb a rope to her window. If so, she'll lower the rope fire escape. Give that string two tugs, Tonto. That's the signal. Uh Ah. Yeah. I wonder where Jason is. Maybe him in bed. Not unless he retires mighty early. It's only about nine o'clock. Better put the light out. Uh Ah. He picks it. (sighs) Yeah. Here comes the rope. You stay right at this window and hold the lower end be easier to climb. You try a rope. Make sure it's plenty firm. As soon as this mask is on, I'll be ready. You wear a mask now? Yes. If anyone sees me, I don't want to be identified as a man in room seven. (laughs) There.
4: (laughs) Careful. Boots make plenty noise.
3: If you see or hear anyone, signal me. Hand over hand, with the ease and skill of a trained athlete, the masked man ascended the heavy rope. He reached the window of the room directly over number seven, grasped the windowsill, and drew himself up. In a moment, he was seated on the window where he could watch the open area behind the hotel and the slender girl whose trembling hand rested on his arm.
2: You... you've put your mask on. Yes, Nita. Something has to be done. Not for me, but for a lot of people south of the border. Oh? It's the little town where the Padre used to live. I couldn't turn to the law here. I didn't know what to do. I had turned turn for help.
1: So you wrote to the Padre? I,
2: I'd heard about you. Heard that you were the Padre's friend. You are my only hope. Perhaps you can do nothing. What's the trouble? Here's a newspaper. I'll strike a match so you can see it.
1: Hold the light low, close to the floor.
2: Very well. Can you see?
1: Yes, all right.
2: The story tells of robberies and murders. Any number of them in the town of El Paseo. You may take the paper and read the details later.
1: Padre mentioned the crimes in El Paseo. He feels very badly about them. I think... Just a minute, Nita. Do another match. Yes, right here. Please let me have it. What are you going Just to Just a moment.
2: Why are you looking at me?
1: Nita, did Jason make that bruise on your face?
2: Oh, Dad. Please don't think of it. Did he? Yes.
1: Because you said number seven was vacant?
2: That's unimportant. Struck you. It's not the first time.
1: i remember that.
2: He's not really my uncle. Just a relative of my stepmother. He sent for me when she and father were killed a year ago. Offered me work here in the hotel.
1: Can't you leave?
2: I could probably run away, but I... I don't want to. Not yet. You'll know why when I've told you everything.
1: Then tell me everything.
2: It would be better if I showed you. Showed me what? The cellar room. I found it quite by accident. Jason doesn't know that. If he did, he'd probably kill me. What's there? The answer to all of the crimes in El Paseo. It's dangerous to go there. If you're caught, your life won't be worth a cent.
1: You've taken the risk? Yes. Why?
2: Because I'm the cause of every one of those crimes in El Paseo. Nita. I am. That's why I've stayed here. I've got to do something about Jason and... And the Crimson Prophet.
1: Nita, what do you know about the Crimson Prophet?
2: You've heard of him?
1: Yes. Padre told me about him. He started a new cult south of the border. There's hundreds of peons listening to his pagan ideas. Tell me, you know anything about him?
2: I know all about him. He's back of all the crimes in El Paseo. He is? And it's because of me.
1: Why? What have you to do with the Crimson Prophet?
2: It's my ring. A ring made by my father that made the Crimson Prophet what he is. You'll know more when you've seen what's in the cellar of his hotel.
1: Shall we start? You are ready? Yes. I'll go down the rope and meet you wherever you say.
2: I'll have to go down the rope with you. Oh, What? Jason has a heavy padlock on the door. He locks me in each night. He doesn't know that I can climb a rope. I'll go first.
1: Tonto's holding the rope steady at the window below.
2: I'll meet you on the ground beneath your window.
3: Nita lowered herself with boyish agility. On the ground, shrouded by darkness, she was joined by Tonto and the Lone Ranger. Oh, well, how do we reach the cellar from here?
2: The stairs go down from Jason's room, but we'll use the tunnel. Tunnel, huh? The entrance to the tunnel is in a tool shed near the stable. It's over this way.
1: Come on, Tonto. Uh-huh. Nita, you spoke of a ring.
2: Yes, the ring my father made. Oh, well, what about it? My father was a chemist. He knew a lot about science, but mainly chemistry. Yes. He was experimenting with moss and potash and a number of other things. He made a compound that had magical properties.
1: But what does that to do with the ring?
2: He used some of that compound to make a ring. I, I know it seems unbelievable, but believe me, that ring was like magic. It was. Yes, I. I suppose it wouldn't seem so to a scientist, but poor, uneducated peons like most of the people who follow the Crimson Prophet, would be impressed. They'd think the ring had had supernatural powers.
1: And The Crimson Prophet is using that ring? Yes. How does he know about it?
2: I, I'm to blame for that. How? Soon after I came here, I took some cakes and fruits to a little Mexican boy who was ill. To amuse him, I showed him the ring and how it worked. I didn't realize how superstitious some of the people around here are. I see. The boy and his father were frightened. The father went to Jason and told him that I was in league with the evil one. Mm. I showed Jason the ring and explained it to him. He took it away from me. He said he didn't want me to frighten other people in Border City. I believed him until... Here's the tool shed.
1: You believed Jason until uh, what?
2: Until one night. I found the secret entrance to the tunnel and went through the tunnel to the cellar. There I saw Jason and two other men one a lot more. I saw the things that you're about to see, and I heard enough to convince me that Jason had given my ring to someone who used it to establish a cult in El Paseo, the cult of the Crimson Prophet.
1: I see. This door isn't locked.
2: No. Come in and close the door. Right. Oh, we've got to have a light here. you better be sure the door's closed tightly.
1: Very well. Me fix it. There. Shall I strike a match?
2: I have one right here.
1: Good. Uh, Walls all look plenty solid.
2: The walls are solid. But there's a wooden floor and a trap door beneath this gravel. Brush away the gravel in that corner.
1: Uh, Be as quiet as possible, Toto. How did you find this?
2: I rebelled at being locked in my room. Yes? I used the rope to get out so I might walk in the moonlight. One night I saw someone coming toward the stable. Thought it might be Jason. I see. The door of this shed was open, so I came in to hide. Mm -hmm. The trap door was open, so I investigated. Shall I light another match?
1: No, I found the handle.
2: Lift it slowly so it doesn't squeak. Very well. Please, just a moment. Yes. I've told you all I can, all I know. Yes, Nita. You'll see what I saw in the cellar. Jason and the others are there right now. From now on, Lone Ranger, everything depends on you.
1: Ready, Toto? Huh? You ready? I'll open this. Careful. Careful. There. Uh, A faint light.
2: The light comes from the cellar of the hotel at the end of the tunnel.
1: Wait, Tonto.
3: I'll go first. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story... story. Soundlessly, the Lone Ranger and Tonto descended stairs to the dirt floor of a tunnel. Ahead, they saw light slanting through the partly open door of a room in a storm cellar beneath the hotel. In this room, Jason stood before a wide table, upon which a glittering array of gold and silver jewelry, much of it set with precious stones, lay spread out. Two hard-faced men were there with Jason, watching as he opened a saddlebag. Is everything
4: in this one saddlebag? Yeah. Crimson prophet has been going after quality stuff this past week. Told the payans he didn't want no more heavy silver candlesticks and things. Told him to bring in gold and jewelry. Even so, there doesn't seem to be much in this saddlebag. You should be satisfied if there was nothing in it. Look at all the stuff you already got here. Yeah. I'll open this and see what's... Jason, going. you should see the way Kerrigan plays his part as a Crimson Prophet. Cardigan should do all right. Used to be an actor. And he's putting on a great act down there in the cave. You should see the way he stands up next to the big cauldron of boiling water. With his red robe and with the drums beating and the fires burning on all sides. I know what he does. I helped him plan the thing. And then he makes the prophecies. Tells what the weather will be, tells who will be sick, and who will get well. Blackie, you stalling for time? Now, whatever gave you that idea, Jason. Let me have that saddlebag. Now, Jason. You two are acting mighty strange. I wonder if you've been holding out on the loot. We might as well let him know, Blackie. Yeah, the others will soon be here. This bag is empty. Yeah, that's right. Now, take it easy. Quiet. Now, now, put down that gun. Got to keep you quiet till the others come. What others? Jason... Two other boys crossed the border with us. Who are they? Where are they now? They're somewhere in the hotel looking for the girl that owns the ring. You mean the one that did own it? Yeah. Now, see here, what right Hold it, you... Jason. What's the matter with you? Nothing. Well, we've got to tell you a few things. First of all, we want that girl to tell us how her father made that ring. Then we want to know what makes it change color according to the weather. I told Carligan about it. Yeah, we know what you told him. There's a chemical in the ring. Uh-huh, and when the air is dry and clear, the ring's blue. When there's rain in the air, it turns pink. Just like when the prophet passes it near the boiling kettle. We well, want to know more than that. The girl can't tell just you. We'll find that out for ourselves. Seems to me you're being pretty high-handed... bringing other men here without my permission. We aim to do some other things without your permission. Getting a little big for your shoes, aren't you? Cardigan don't think so. Oh. So he sent the others with you. Mm-hmm. That's right, Jason. Yeah, just what do you intend to do? Or try to do? Well, in the first place, we aim to take all the stuff on that table away from here. What? That's steady, Jason. If you think I'm... Shut up. up. Oh, Blackie, put that gun down. Lead him, Finkle. Right. Here's his gun. Let's see if there's any other weapons. Now, I'll wait a minute, boys. Listen to Stand me. Stand still while I search you. You can't double-cross me like this. Who can't? He's clean, Blackie. Why, this whole scheme was my idea. Jason, you ain't been doing your part. I have, too. I told Cardigan I'd maintain this place for a headquarters. I told him I'd see that everything he sent here was melted down and sold. You ain't done that. Everything's just we brought it here. Well, I'm working on the plans to get it melted. There's no use arguing with us, Jason. We got our orders. But I'm the one that's always given orders. Cardigan's taking your place. Cardigan. That double-crossing... He said there was no point cutting you in for half of everything, and he's right. But if it hadn't been for me, and the ring I gave him, and the idea... What else can you give? Why,
0: nothing. That's the point.
4: We got all we can get from you. Why? What are, what are you going to do? Sorry, Jason, but we can't leave you and the girl free to squeal on us. Oh, you don't mean to to kill us. We got to follow Cardigan's orders. No, no. The orders are to kill you and set fire to the hotel. Take the girl back with us. Cardigan wants to talk to her. Now, wait. Wait, Blackie. Listen to me a minute. Let him have it, Blackie. Yeah. Hold it, huh? Look there. Have it, Blackie. A mask. I said drop it. Uh, don't
1: shoot. Take his gun, Toto. Let uh, me get it.
4: I don't know who you are, mister, but you've just made yourself a partner.
1: You, Jason? You bet. Oh, no thanks. Get over there. All three of you. Face that wall. Do as he
4: says for now, Finkel. Listen, stranger, where'd you come from?
1: There's some rope, Toto. Tie their hands behind their backs. Turn around there. Face the wall. Uh, they fix them. Make yeah. it fast. There are two more of the gang in the hotel. They want them, too. You
4: must have been eavesdropping.
1: We were around long enough to hear all we wanted to.
4: Oh, that rope is tight. Uh-huh. That's good. I don't know why you're roping me. I'm the one these two were going to double cross. Oh. So, uh,
1: you let me go. All three of you are slated for the same trail. That hold this fellow. The others, Toto, hurry.
4: Don't hurry. So Don't fire. You'll hit the girl. Mita. Drop the hardware. Cover the redskin butcher. He's covered.
1: My gun's on the table.
4: No heist him. <laughs>
3: The Ranger knew that he had never been closer to death. He knew that four of the men in the room were killers. they had come to the hotel for the express purpose of killing Jason and capturing Nita Deming. they had refrained from shooting momentarily only because of their obvious desire to ask questions. The masked man was quick to grasp the situation. He had acted instinctively in dropping his gun to the table instead of to the floor... Split seconds might be saved in bringing the weapon into play if he had a chance to act. He saw that Tonto was closely watched, that Nita was gagged, and Jason tightly lashed to a nearby seat. One of the men snatched the Lone Ranger's second gun from its holster and dropped it on the table beside the other. Then one of the four men spoke.
4: Oh, where's the mask, You know as much about him as I do. Came through that same door. Where's it go? Opens into a tunnel. Tunnel goes to a tool shed near the barn. You can take the gag off the girl now, Butcher. Right. How'd you find the place? <laughs> we went to the girl's room, busted the lock, and found the room empty. The rope fire escaped dangling out of the window. Oh. We went out the window, and Butcher saw someone near the tool shed. We snuck up and got the girl. Inside, there was a trap door that brought us here. There's a gag. <sighs> oh,
2: I'm sorry.
4: Rita,
1: have they hurt you?
2: No, but they've captured you, and it's all my fault. Who is
4: this masked man? Well,
1: I... I'm registered by the name of Smith in room seven of this hotel.
4: Oh, you are, eh? So you're Smith. What about that, Jason? How's it happen you let someone get into the hotel? I couldn't help it. Couldn't I I help it? Oh! You needn't slap me when I'm tired.
1: How's it feel to be slapped, Jason? How do you like it?
4: What about Jason, Blackie? Should we leave him roped? Yeah, and you can also tie the masked man the Indian... Tie the girl, too, while you're at it. Why not shoot him and let it go at that? Yeah, Blackie, we don't have much time. We're doing El Paseo at midnight. I know that. The prophet wants us there for a big meeting. We'll be there. First, I want some information. These critters know about our plans. There might be others that know. That's so.
3: I... We better open, like Blackie said. Oh, wait a minute.
4: First, I want to see this man's face. Take that mask off.
3: You want it
1: off, Blackie? You take it off.
4: All right. I can do that. Blackie. don't get too close to him. If he's fast enough, he You're doesn't. right. Hey, hey, look out. Let me go. Hey, boy. you no. One side, Blackie. Let me get a shot at
1: him. Here, you take him. Look out. Follow up, Tonto. Here, butcher. Hey, me,
4: Oh, I'll show you. Try it. Behind you. Me got him. Finkel's got his gun. Oh. I'll kill you for this. Hold this, Sneed.
1: Hey. You too, Finkel. Watch that one, Tonto. He's trying oh. to sit up.
4: Maybe not hit him hard enough first time. Oh. Oh.
1: That's better, Tonto.
4: Oh, you, you were wonderful.
1: Here, Anita, take one of my guns and help us watch them. I have to bandage those wounds on Sneed and Finkel. You
4: may think you've got the whip hand now. Let me see your arm. Uh, don't bother.
1: They've got to patch you up before we leave. Untie me.
4: Let me help handle these double-crossing skunks. I'll deal with them so she won't have to bandage no wounds.
1: You've done your last dealing, Jason. Uh, Nita,
4: Nita, honey, tell him I'm your
1: uncle. Tell him that I'm all... I told them
2: all about you.
1: We're going to leave the five of you right here while we cross the border to attend the prophets meeting at midnight. Fix those ropes so they won't get loose, let well, well, Me fix them. <laughs>
3: of two men were bandaged. Then all of the prisoners were tightly bound. Half an hour later, the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Nita had crossed the Rio Grande and paused on the Mexican shore. Oh, 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 easy, big fella. Look
2: back there. You can just see the hotel against the sky.
1: Yes. Nita, are you sure that you and your father were the only ones there?
2: We were the only ones. He got rid of the people who worked there when he started in with Cardigan.
1: I don't want anyone to find those five prisoners and let them go.
2: Oh, I'm sure no one will find them.
1: We get back there by daybreak. Yes, I I hope to, Toto.
2: Do you think we'll reach El Paseo by midnight? Yes. I I wonder what the Crimson Prophet ceremony is like.
1: <laughs> Whatever has been in the past is going to be mighty unusual tonight. <laughs> He's going to get more contributions than he realizes. I'm <laughs> good. We'll see if...
2: What's the matter?
1: I... I thought I saw something over the hotel.
2: Over the hotel?
1: Yes, I... I thought I saw Ah, sparks. Look there.
2: It's a flame.
1: Toto, the hotel is on fire.
2: It is. It is on fire. The flames are breaking through the roof.
1: Those men will be trapped.
2: Maybe not. Maybe one of those crooks got free to start the fire.
1: Nita, Toto, you two go on toward El Paseo. I'm going back to that fire.
2: But you can't do that. Maybe you
1: need help. We've got to be in El Paseo by midnight. You go on, I'll catch you.
4: Silver
3: The weird rites of the crimson prophet and the strange aftermath of the hotel fire make thrilling drama in the next episode of The Lone Ranger. Be sure to listen.